Here is another powerful message from New Vision Baptist Church in Murfreesboro, Tennessee. To hear the rest of this series and others, join us at newvisionlife.com. So good. Good morning, everybody. How are you? Some of y'all are awake. We, hopefully you'll wake up as we continue walking together this morning. For those who I do not know, my name is Nick, and I'm one of the pastors here at New Vision. And it's always, always an honor to be able to open up God's word and to worship our king because of what he has done and the fact that he got out of the grave. And so I'm excited for us to dive into the word together. And for those watching online, good morning to you as well. And so watching this video as we start this new series together called Be a lie. It reminded me of something that I loved in my childhood. It was a wise old theologian, I think, that wrote a song that so clearly displays where we are walking and where we are going in this series called Be Alive. Not only does the song display where we're going, but it was also the theme song to a sitcom that really paints the story of all of us. We are all in the same boat, and yet I feel like this sitcom kind of paints a picture for all of us. So you feel welcome to sing along if you know it and let us partake in this together. Come and listen to a story about a man named Jed, a poor mountaineer barely kept, kept his family fed. fed. And, and then, then one day he was shooting at some food and up to the ground comes a bubbling crude. All that, that is black gold, Texas tea. You know it. Well, the first thing you know, it old Jet's a millionaire. The kinfolk said, Jet, move away from there. They said, California is the place you ought to be. So they loaded up the truck and moved to Beverly Hills, that is. Swimming pools, movie stars. Wait for it, best part. The Beverly Hillbilly. Listen that banjo, y'all. Oh, come on. So good. See, some of you right now are thinking, what is wrong with this brother? Let me go ahead and tell you, there is a lot. <laughs> you can ask my wife. There's a lot wrong with this brother. But I think that Jed Clampett and the Beverly Hillbillies paints a picture of all of us very, very well. See, what's interesting about that opening sequence is I feel like the song got something wrong, though. See, it said once Jed Clampett was shooting at some food and he saw the crude come bubbling up, that is when he became a millionaire. But if the truth is told, he actually was a millionaire whenever he got the land or whenever he bought the land. See, he was a millionaire way before he even realized it because of the land in which he owned. And I feel like for a lot of us in this place today, a lot of us have said yes to the completed work of Jesus, but yet we are not walking in our true identity. As Jesus is going to say today, we are not walking as salt and light. See, it was a process for Jed Clampett to embrace who he was. He was a millionaire. He could have argued with that fact. He could have resisted that fact, but it wouldn't have changed the fact that he was a millionaire. So he was in the process of walking in his new identity because of what he had. And we are in the same place. We are a people that because of what Jesus has done through a cross and his resurrection, we have been made to be salt and light. And so we just have to walk in that identity because here is what is true. If you have said yes to the completed work of Jesus, you are salt. And I think for so many of us, even some of you built a wall and said, no, I'm going to resist that. Hear me. 
Listen to the king who spoke the world into existence. Listen to the king that wasn't even defeated by death. Instead of arguing with him, maybe it is time that we began to agree with him. See, we are not where we need to be yet, but we have been made new and made whole. And so we are salt. We are still in the process of learning how to embrace our saltiness. Now, for some of you just now, you went, oh, I'm salty. (laughs) Hear me. I don't mean this in the negative sense whatsoever. Over the course of the next few moments, we're going to see and we're going to redeem being salty. We're not talking about you being negative, but we're talking about being fully who God has called us to be and joining with him in the invitation and walking in the steps of this new identity in which he has given us. We are going to learn how to be salty. So over the next few moments, I pray that your heart will be open, that your walls will come down, And that you are able to hear some truth from the Lord, not from Nick, but from the Lord. And that you are able to take next best steps. So I invite you right where you are to pray with me. Dear Jesus, thank you. Thank you that you have secured our identity in your completed work on the cross. Jesus, thank you that you have invited us to be as your sons and daughters. Thank you that you have invited us to dine at the table of a king. Father, may we accept your invitation. May we walk fully in this invitation, and may we be fully engaged in the process of being salty. So, Lord, we love you. Lord, may we not just be hearers this morning, but may we take a next step based on what you reveal to us in this place. Lord, we love you. Lord, we thank you. And Lord, we pray all these things in your awesome and amazing name, amen. We're going to be in Matthew chapter 5. This is probably one of Jesus' most famous sermons. It's called the Sermon on the Mount. And he's going to talk about the Beatitudes, and he's going to talk about this identity that we have been given and been called to, called to be salt and to be light. And so we're going to read verses 1 through 16, but we're going to start at verse number 13 and go back and see the evidence for verse number 13. And some of you are thinking, are you allowed to start in the middle of the passage? Well, I'm going to do it, so hopefully I'm allowed. So open up your Bibles, get your phones ready, Matthew chapter 5, and we're going to dive into verse number 13. It says this, you are the salt of the earth. Let me say it again. You are the salt of the earth. What I love about that passage is the fact that there is not a question mark right there. Jesus isn't going, hey, you may be the salt of the earth. Hey, you could be the salt of the earth. No, Jesus is making a declarative. He's making a declarative statement. He's saying, if you are walking with me and have accepted my invitation, this is who you are. But we are really, really good at taking something where Jesus has put a period and put a question mark. Like, Jesus, I hear what you're saying, but let me tell you something. Can I just tell you that Jesus doesn't make an accident right there and go, oh, I accidentally called you salt. No, he is saying based on what he was in the process of doing and based on who he is, this is what is true. And here's what I also love is that he uses the illustration of salt. He could have used anything, but he used salt. Why? Because at this time especially, salt was precious. Salt was valuable. Salt 
had a hand in even changing the world. And so when Jesus calls us salt, he did it on purpose. It wasn't an accidental illustration. It was on purpose and intentional because the king is always, always intentional with what he does. And so when he says, you are the salt of the earth, maybe it is time we believe him and agree instead of arguing with him. And can I go ahead and say this? You don't really make it too far arguing with the guy who spoke things into existence. There's not a whole lot you can say to the person that was dead in the grave for three days and then on the third day he got up. What are you going to say? Let us believe him because the evidence of who he is speaks very loudly. You are the salt of the earth. But if salt loses its saltiness, how can it be made salty again? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled underfoot. What Jesus is saying here, because I have made you salt, be salt. It makes no sense to be salt, but not add flavor and not change whatever it is you come in contact with. That doesn't make sense. Jesus is not saying, hey, I'm going to take away my grace from you because you cannot lose something that you did not earn. Grace is given freely. So he's going, listen, if you are salt, then be salt. None of us would like salt on the table and we went to sprinkle it on our food and it didn't do the very thing in which it would call to do. It wouldn't make any sense. He's saying, be who I have made you to be. Verse number 14. You are. Again, this is not a question. This is not a theory. It is Jesus saying, this is who you are. You are the light of the world. Not because we shine brightly by ourselves, but because we reflect the king who is light. So you are the light of the world because you reflect your king. And he put his very spirit within you. So you are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others, that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. Glorify who? See, some of y'all hesitate. You're like, I think he wants me to say Jesus. No, you were right. Father in heaven. So by people looking at your life, it's a testimony to who your father is and to who your king is. It is not shining a light to shine brightly on us, but it's to shine brightly on the king. Because he is the one that made us light and made us salt. And so we get the opportunity and the privilege of revealing the nature and the identity of a king by the way that we live our life. In verses 1 through 12, Jesus is going to speak about the Beatitudes, which he's talking about how to have a blessed life, how to really be sufficient and sustained. He's in, what's awesome is the blessed life, people typically then use that word for other humans. It was typically referred to otherworldly things. But Jesus says, because of what I'm doing and what I'm going to do, you are allowed to live this blessed life. So what we're going to do with the next 12 verses is we're going to see some things that are true about salt and we're going to overlay that with what is true about us. So we're going to begin in verse number one. It says this. Now, when Jesus saw the crowds, he went up on the mountainside and sat down. His disciples came to him and he began to teach them. So here's Jesus inviting these people to sit with him as family. 
To sit with him and to hear a word that is true. To sit with him and hear about who they are through what he is going to do. And so the next few verses we're going to call the attributes of a salty life. Jesus is going to lay out very clearly of what it looks like to be in his kingdom, but also some truth about salt as well. Matthew 5, 3 says this. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are the humble is another way to say this. See, Jesus was humble. He didn't come to be served, but to serve. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. This also reveals the truth about salt. Salt enhances. Here's what I mean by that. I was talking to my wife, who is much smarter than I am. And I said, hey, babe, I need your help. Tell me some things about salt, and I'm not going to give you credit when I preach, but go ahead. And she was like, salt is really, really cool. I was like, okay, this is good. Keep going. She said, salt has the ability to make savory things more savory and sweet things sweeter. I was like, oh, girl, this is good. And as she was talking, I, thought, I had this thought to myself, Jesus, did you know that salt did that? And the Holy Spirit was like, yeah, fool, I know that. And so salt has the ability to make savory things more savory savory and sweet things sweeter but here's the deal if ever salt overwhelms the sweet it is no longer good if ever you add too much salt to something savory it is no longer good because salt is not made to be the star of the meal it's just made to enhance every other thing and I love that Jesus was walking in full obedience, and he enhanced everything that he was around. And we, being a people of God who are fully convinced, we get to enhance everything we come in contact with. So that means as a member of your family, you should be enhancing the things in your family. As someone, as a coworker where you work, you should be enhancing your place of employment. We have been invited and been made to enhance. And I love that we get to play a part in making things better and enhancing them. Verse number four. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Salt preserves. So salt was added to things in order to preserve it and make them last longer without spoiling and so for us, blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. We get to be a people that comfort others. But here's what I love. Jesus has comforted us in the midst of the valley, in the midst of the struggle. He is a balm for a weary soul. So not only do we get to preserve, only because our king preserves. So salt preserves. Salt allows those things around it to be comforted and to be made better. And I love that salt preserves because it lasts longer because salt is present. Verse number five. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. I heard meek described this way. It is stored strength. It is subtle. Jesus is described as meek, which meaning he was fully God and was full of all power, but yet he didn't use his power or position 
to hoard it or lord it over people. He served them and he loved them. And you see that through him being meek, this stored strength, he was able to change the environment around him, ultimately changing the world. Salt exfoliates. It's subtle, but yet changes the things it comes in contact with. My wife in the shower has all kinds of products, y'all. And she has this sea salt scrub. And she has reminded me a couple of times that it's hers. But some weeks ago, I was in there and I was like, salt sea scrub. Hmm. So I took some in my hand and I rubbed them on my dogs, my feet, right? And as I was rubbing them, some of y'all are like, this is way too information. Hold on, calm down, all right? As I was rubbing them on my feet, I was like, hey, there's nothing really changing. This is subtle. It doesn't hurt. It's not abrasive. So I got out of the shower. I dried off. And later on, that night, I touched my feet. Praise the lamb, (laughs) y'all. My feet were as soft as a baby's skin, y'all. It was, I was like, glory, he is risen indeed, y'all. But here's what I love about that. It wasn't abrasive, but it still changed in what it came in contact with. Jesus met people where they are, got in the midst of their mess, wasn't afraid of a little dirt because his robes were still going to be clean even though he went and ministered to the broken and the lost. He changed not just the world but lives and he gave people a new identity through the way that he lived. Salt exfoliates. It changes things. But it doesn't have to shout. It doesn't have to scream It just is able to be, and when it comes in contact with things, those things are changed. And that's the invitation, and that's the identity that we get to walk in. We just get to reflect our king. He was meek, so we get to be be meek as well, because salt exfoliates. Verse number six. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Blessed are those that hunger and thirst for righteousness because Jesus is saying, I will fill you up and I will satisfy you. That's what Jesus did and he has called us to do the same thing. Salt satisfies. And let me explain this. It is amazing to me that salt has the ability when it's added to ice cream, it makes it colder. But it also has this, is able to melt ice if there's snow or ice on the ground. Salt is able to be whatever it needs to be in order to satisfy what is required. And what I love about Jesus is Jesus satisfied. He answered every need that we could possibly need or want. He was sufficient and he was enough. And we, modeling his example, get to walk and we get to satisfy what is needed. What does that mean? That means we can sometimes be a shoulder of the crowd. It also means sometimes we can laugh along with somebody. That means sometimes if someone has a need that we can fill with our resources, we fill it. That means we get to be a part of what Jesus is doing. Not only does salt satisfy, but we as a people who are salty also satisfy through what Jesus has done in us and through us. Chapter, verse 7. Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, 
for they will see God. I love these two verses because I think it just paints such a clear picture of Jesus. Jesus was merciful and Jesus reflected his father's heart better than any other. He was pure in heart. Salt reflects its source. Jesus reflected his father. So I decided I needed some salt. And I didn't want ordinary salt. I wanted to get me some bougie salt, y'all. So I went to this store, and I heard some of y'all like, did he just say bougie? I did. It's okay. So I went to the store, and I went to the seasoning aisle, and I was looking around, and they had shelf after shelf after shelf of, of all kinds of salt. I even found violet sea salt. I had never heard of that before, y'all. I was like, okay, I don't know what that is, but praise God, right? And so I was there, and I was thinking about salt, and I was like, okay, what makes Himalayan pink salt special? Like, why is it even pink? Well, it's pink because of the nutrients and the minerals and the other things found in the Himalayans. It reflects it. It reflects its source. So the reason this is called pink Himalayan salt is because it reflects where it comes from. And so for us, we get the opportunity and the privilege to reflect our king. Now, for some of us, we go, yeah, 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 I hear what you're saying, but Nick, you don't, you don't know my past. You know, I've, I've done so much wrong. I've failed so many times. And, and, we, and we sometimes feel like we're telling God something he does not know. Let me remind you that the invitation to be a part of the kingdom of God was given to you before you took a step at trying to clean your act up. It was given to you right where you are. And I get it. It is easier And the bar is set really low to be who you used to be. I understand. And I even understand the saying, I'm just a sinner saved by grace. You know what? As I read God's word and I'm reminded about who I am, I can't ever find where Jesus says, Nick, you are just fill in the blank. When I read scripture, he tells me who I am. He calls me by name and he calls me to something better. He invites me into a better story and a better identity. And so I get it. We walk around and we go, well, I'm going to reflect my source because my family was broken, so I'm just going to live in that brokenness. Last time I checked, you have been given a better invitation. You do not have to live and walk out the same narrative that your family walked out because you have been invited into something better. Accept the invitation and walk in something better. I get it, but you have been called to much, much more. And I think the problem with the people of God is we just, we say we believe, we sing we believe, but our feet don't show we believe. And I just think maybe, just maybe, it is time, if we have been saved by the king, if we have been washed in his blood, then maybe it's time to walk in our newness. Maybe it's time to go, you know what, I'm going to reflect my source. I'm not going to reflect my brokenness because I have been free from my brokenness and it has been paid in full. So that is not my identity anymore. I am identified with the completed work of Jesus. So I'm going to walk in that. Go walk in that. Because that is who you are. That's who you are. And listen, this world doesn't just need to see another broken person walking and trying to figure it out. Yes, we have struggles, and yes, we don't know everything, but we need to be a people when the world looks at us, they go, you know what, they don't have it right all the time, but they're walking differently. They're walking in a new calling. They're walking in a new identity. I want me some more of that. We should be a people that say, hey, I've been been given grace, you get some grace, you get some grace, and you get some grace, and we're going to walk in that grace together, and we're going to reflect this king together. And I'm telling you, it changes the world. 
Don't you want to change the world? And I don't just say that because we're in church, y'all. I just don't want my story just to reflect Nick because that's a small story. I've been invited into the best story ever. It's the story of a king who redeemed the people that even didn't even recognize they wanted redemption. And he gave his life before I even asked him for it. Like, I want to be a part of that. That's a better story to walk in. Let us reflect our source and reflect it well. Verse number nine. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called the children of God. Salt restores. Jesus restores. We have been called to restore. If you have ever had any surgery or any work done in your mouth, a lot of times they'll say, hey, rinse your mouth with salt water. I never knew why they did that. But as I've been preparing and studying, like, you have to f- I found out a lot about salt that I did not know. See, what salt does is it replaces the bacteria and the negative things with the salt water, and it cleans it out, and it promotes restoration. And as I'm reading this scripture, and I'm seeing what God has called me and what Jesus has invited me to, and he says, Nick, you are salt, that means that I get to play a part at restoring what was intended. It was a crazy week last week, a lot of brokenness and a lot of evil exposed. And I was talking to my kids at the dinner table, and I was trying to explain to them what was going on, and my wife had walked upstairs with my daughter and was talking to my daughter, and she came back downstairs and she said, hey, babe, you need to go talk to Ava. And I was like, okay. She said, you know what, talking about what you talked about when you talked about people not liking people and so they respond in all kinds of different ways, it made her scared because she knows that you and I look different and she knows that she's a little different and so she is scared that someone wants to hurt her because she is different and because me and you are different. Now that broke my heart. And so I heard that and then she invited me. She's like, and you get to be the one to go talk to her. So praise God for you. (laughs) So I walked upstairs, and I want to go ahead and tell you, I did not know what to say. I know maybe some of you think, man, you're a pastor. You always got to answer. I don't, but I do have the Holy Spirit in me. So I was like, all right, Holy Spirit, you got this. So I went upstairs not knowing what to say to my beautiful little girl. My beautiful girl who is caramel because her mama is white chocolate and her daddy is milk chocolate, and so she's a beautiful caramel mix, y'all. So I sat there on the side of her bed, and And I just stepped, and I was like, all right, Lord, I don't know what to say, but I know you will give me the words to say. And I said, hey, Ava, baby, I know you're scared. I know we have seen some examples of people not loving people well and not liking people based on outside appearances. But I said, here is the good news. See, you, by loving people well in your class, you are playing a part at showing people the love of Jesus. I said, by you... Loving people not based on what they look like, not based on what color they are, not based on what they believe, but based on the fact that you are loved by your king and so you have been invited to love others, it is changing the world. Can I just tell you something, what I told to my baby girl? We, as a people of God, get to restore what was broken. See, we are a people that come from different places, have different amount of money in the bank, have different cultures, and maybe we came from a place of believing different things. 
But we get to be a people that go, you know what? But we can love one another and we can lift high the name of Jesus because what unites us is far greater than what separates us. And so as a people of God, we get to play a part at restoring what has been broken and what has been lost. And we get to point the finger to Jesus and we don't have to agree on everything and we don't have to be just like everybody else. But we get to go, you know what? What unites us is far greater than what separates us. So as a people of God, we're going to stand together and we're going to restore what was broken through the power of a king. That is the invitation, church. We get to display what was intended in this place. When you go to your places of business, when you go to your neighborhoods and you engage your neighbor that might not believe what you believe and they might not like what you like, but you say, you know what? You're invited to the table of a king and because I've been invited to the table of a king, I'm going to love you well. I'm not going to let what's on the outside define you, but what I am going to let define you is that you were loved by a heavenly father before you even recognize it and know it, and so let me play a part at revealing that to you. That is the calling. It is no small calling, church. You have to lay down some personal stuff. You might have to lay down some hurts. You might have to lay down some previous notions that you had about people. Why would you lay that down? Because you have renewed your mind and you have been changed by the blood of Jesus, so you are not who you used to be, whoever that was. You are something new. You are salt and you are light. Let us walk in that identity because I'm telling you, when we do, the world can't help, help but change. Since the gates of hell will not prevail against the kingdom of God. That's offensive. That means that we as a people of God, we are tearing down the gates of hell with the power and the name of Jesus. That is who you are. So let us be that. Let us be those people. Let us be salt because salt restores. And you have been called to be salt. Verse number 10. Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when people insult you, persecute you, and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. Rejoice and be glad, because great is your reward in heaven, for in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. If you go to the Dead Sea today and you try to sink, I don't know if you know this, but what will happen is you will rise up. You will float. You can do whatever you want to do, but you are not going to be able to stay underneath the water because the salt content is so dense, it has this ability to uplift. I love the picture that Jesus gives for us about salt uplifts. Because what did Jesus do? He uplifted us. We were in the miry clay and he lifted us up and invited us to righteousness through his completed work on the cross. So we get to uplift as well. Our brothers who are struggling, we get to uplift and remind them of what is true. We get to uplift. Why? Because we have been a people who have been uplifted. What I love It's the fact that you can't keep something underneath the sea in the Dead Sea because it keeps coming back up. See, and I love it. It reminds me of what Paul says to the church. We are persecuted, but we are not destroyed. 
It means we walk through some stuff, but we keep walking because our king has secured us, and we walk from a place, not for a place. Jesus knows what he's doing, and he's got it. He's on his throne. So no matter what the enemy does, and no matter what comes against us, you know what? We are uplifted. Why? Because we're in the hand of a king. And so not death nor anything can separate us from the love of Christ. Salt up lifts. And I know some of us are sitting here and going, okay, I'm salt because of what Jesus did through a cross and his resurrection from the dead. I know that we've been given this new identity if I'm willing to accept it, but what do I do with my saltiness? How do I walk differently from this place today? How do I walk in this identity? What do I do? What is my next step? Well, for some of us, your next step is recognizing that we are saltier together. And let me go ahead and say this. For some of you, I, put, I picked up this bag, and you're like, you're about to ask something from me. Let me go ahead and be very, very clear. Let me try to be as crystal clear as possible for you. I don't want anything from you. We as a body of believers at New Vision don't want anything from you. But what we do, we want something for you. You were not created to do this life by yourself. And some of us are tired and weary because we've been trying to do it by ourselves. And we're wondering why we are so tired and weary. Because you were not created to do this life alone. You were not created to just pull yourself up by your bootstraps and go charge the hill by yourself. No, we have been created for community. And what I love about salt is I could take one of these crystals out and it could make something salty, but it is saltier together. So for some of you in this place, your next step is filling out that piece of paper in the bulletin. If you're watching online, it's clicking and and getting the bulletin and filling out the information. But your next step is to take a step, fill that out, take it to the orange balloons and say, I will be a part of being saltier together. You might be thinking, well, who who am I going to invite to be saltier with me? You got people in your neighborhood. You got family members. You got friends. We're inviting you to engage other humans who are walking in this process, and maybe some of them may not even understand the completed work of Jesus and what that means for them, but we are inviting you to take a step. And what I love is we made it really easy. We got the videos. We got the questions. You got help. You can email us, and we'll help you walk through it. Everything you need is in here to be saltier together. The invitation for you is to take a step. What use is it if saltiness is if salt is not salty? It is time for each and every one of us to take a step into being salty. And so you might be sitting here and be like, Nick, okay, I hear you. But I haven't even said yes to my identity of being salt. And Nick, I've sat in church time and time again, and I've heard Brady talk about it. I've heard you talk about it. I've heard Brad White talk about it. I've heard Dixie talk about it. I've heard Todd talk about it with student ministry. I've heard everyone talking about this Jesus and how he died on a cross so that he could redeem me. And I hear what they are saying, but I've never said yes to it. And maybe you were afraid that his blood wasn't sufficient to rescue you. But can I just tell you, his blood is sufficient to rescue anybody. Everybody is included in anybody. 
Maybe today is the day where you say yes to the identity that Jesus desires to give you through his completed work on a cross. So what I want you to do right where you are is I want you to bow your heads. And maybe for you, if your next step is to say yes to Jesus for the first time, I want to give you an opportunity right here and right now. Those watching online, right here and right now, to say yes to the invitation that Jesus gives to each and every one of us. If you, right where you are, could say something like this, Jesus, I don't understand it all. Nobody does. But the best way I know how. I say yes to the price that was paid in full on a cross for me. I say yes to the fact that you were resurrected from the grave. And I say yes to the grace that you offer me and the seat at the table that you have given to me. I say yes. And if you, right here in this moment, if you said yes to Jesus... On the authority of God's word, it says, you will be saved. So Jesus, for those who have just become my new brothers and my sisters, will you give them a boldness that only comes from you to come and to tell somebody, one of my friends that will be standing down front, that they said yes for the first time to you. For my friends who are watching online, may they email and just say, hey, I want you to know I said yes for the first time to the free gift that Jesus gives me. I'm going to embrace the invitation to be salt. And for those others of us in here who have accepted their place and accepted their identity of being salt, may we walk in our saltiness. Maybe that looks like leading a group and grabbing a bag when we leave this place. Maybe that looks like finally saying yes to the invitation that has been given to us by a friend or a family member that's invited us to be saltier together. Jesus, whatever the next step is, may we take it and fix our eyes on you. Jesus, we love you. Jesus, we thank you. And Jesus, we pray all these things in your awesome and amazing name. Amen. Thanks for tuning in. If you enjoyed this message, we'd like to invite you to one of our Sunday morning services. We meet at 820, 940, and 11 a.m. If you would like more information or would like to watch or listen to more of our services, please visit us online at newvisionlife.com. This broadcast is brought to you by New Vision Baptist Church, where our mission is guiding people to lives of gospel transformation.